Welcome to the Becoming Body Smart podcast, where we unlock the secrets of sustainable health and fitness and help you master your health habits. If you're tired of quick fixes, generic blueprints, and chasing short-term results, you're in the right place. It's time to become body smart. All right. Today, we wanted to get started with um, talking about weight loss. So we've had a lot of new people come into the group, and we've had... Um, some questions about weight loss recently. So people asking um, about how they can optimize their weight loss, what they can do to um, yeah, get get the best result. They're concerned about nutrition and they're concerned about, you know, that that's one of their goals, which it is for most people, right? That's, uh, I don't know of anyone that wouldn't like to lose, you know, five or 10 pounds. Um, and not that we all necessarily need to, uh, but it's it's often a goal for people, and I'm more concerned about body composition change and things like that um, than than I am like weight loss per se. But we want to talk about, and we've talked about this a little bit before, um, but with just so much misinformation out there about diets and weight loss and all that stuff, we wanted to hit this again um, so that that some of the new people coming on have have this information so um so uh when when we think about weight loss we often think we gotta eat you know eat very little and exercise a ton um and i would say both of those things probably aren't going to lead to weight loss (laughs) you might get some short-term benefits but it's not sustainable and and that's our big goal is lifetime sustainability try the left ear mark the left ear works better. No, no. Try, try putting the left earbud in. Um. So yeah, lifetime sustainability is the key. That that we can keep doing those things, and so it's unrealistic that we're going to spend hours and hours in the gym every single day for the rest of our lives. It's unrealistic that we're going to eat 800 calories for the rest of our lives. Right, and so let's find things that we can do that can make it sustainable, um, and that really actually work on what creates weight loss in in the first place. Um, I just got off a call uh, yesterday that was really awesome, talking to a patient who um, we're going to go speak at his office. And uh, he has crushed it in the program and has has lost quite a bit of weight, honestly, it turns out, and and uh, kind of fun to see the changes in him. And he gave us a really good compliment. He said, honestly, since I started seeing you and Mark a couple years ago, I've improved and improved. And he said, this was my first year ever running. I've tried running for years. This was my first year ever not having an injury, not having to be sidelined because of an injury. And to me, that's the biggest compliment you could give because this year he didn't wind up having to come in and and see us really at all either. Um, We had a couple of brief calls about some niggles and stuff. He's like, I've just been able to apply the principles that you taught me and any any little pains or problems that I've had, I've been able to resolve on my own. And that made me so happy. I was like, yes, that's what we want. We want people to be healthy enough and fit enough 
and and understand the principles. That's why we call this place Body Smart. We want people to understand the principles of health and fitness well enough that they can stay healthy and long-term stay healthy. And so he lost this weight over, over a long period of time. It didn't come off quickly. We've been working with him for over three years. And we had to set the table with some other foundational things. And now he's been able to be consistent enough with his running and injury-free enough that things have worked in his favor. So how exciting is that? And so, um, yeah, anyway, so where weight loss doesn't happen because of exercise is that first point. And the, one of the reasons is, is you can't burn enough calories during exercise. And we've done the math on other calls before of why that is. You can't burn enough calories during exercise actually to, to do much meaningfully in terms of weight loss. Yeah. Any thoughts there, Mark? Yeah. And, and so what we want to be clear on with this is that not that exercise isn't beneficial. Obviously, the second point talks about some of their benefits. But um, the reason that we wanted to approach it from this angle is just what Cameron talked about earlier, is this, this combination that, that ends up um, sapping a lot of people and, and putting them into kind of a failure loop, right? I eat too few calories, so I feel awful and I get brain fog and, you know, things just aren't great. And then, and then I try to exercise my way out of that. And it just ends up with people feeling really frustrated, feeling like they're the problem and wondering like why they can't get to a healthy body weight. And so, um, I also want to go back to another thing that you, that you said of, you know, being able to understand some of those foundational principles, right? When we can understand and then begin to apply those, the the needle starts to move. And I, I was listening to this podcast the other day, and I love I love what he said. Um, he said you cannot separate physio or psychology from or physiology from psychology, right? And so mm, when we yeah. try to make changes just based on oh well this is this is how the body works, and we fail to to include the psychology of behavior change and of of of, of introducing new habits and all that, then we end up putting a huge roadblock in our way. Because the people that are successful with, with weight loss, and, and, and I actually like the term that Cameron used. He said, um, changes in body composition, right? And I know that might sound like we're just splitting hairs with, with terms, but it-, it, it Or being the, nerdy. We're being nerdy. But it takes the focus off of, of um, like weight as the main indicator of health and just like how, is our, how are all of our body systems working together and where is energy stored so that it can be utilized well? And, and so changes in body composition, I, I just like that term better. But anyway, with, with the psychology of things, um, if we can take some advantage of, of some of those principles and recognize you know, what tends to get us in trouble around changes in weight, again, it's, it's big changes, right? I'm gonna severely restrict calories. I'm going to exercise all the time. I'm going to do these big, you know, 10, 20, 30% changes to my lifestyle, but it's not sustainable. And so we've talked before on the call about asking yourselves with exercise, right? Can I see myself doing this when I'm 85? Can I see myself doing this in a decade and in two decades? And so it's the same thing with the way that, that I eat. Can I see myself eating a similar way for the rest of my life? And when we look at most approaches to diets, it's not sustainable. 
and what what is the biggest factor so there's this big review that they did well they've actually done several reviews and they're looking at all the sorts of different diets so a bunch of the one of the ones that i, I looked at was a bunch of the named diets so like the atkins diet Furman diet uh ornish diet like all these different ones and they found that people were one that people lost weight on every different diet two that among all the different diets none came out great in terms of long-term weight loss but when they controlled for adherence right people that just stuck to the way of eating long term that had the greatest success so among all these different diets when they stratified it by how well people stuck to the diet um then then that kind of proved their their longer term success in in changing weight and so what does that teach us it teaches us like there's a lot of different approaches to achieving a healthy body weight and so what's the one what's the type that you can stick to for the longest right what's going to allow you to sustain these these lifestyle habits over the long term and so again asking yourself that question is this something that i can see myself doing in you know a year in 10 years in 20 years and if it's not then then can i take a step back and and you kind of get a 30,000 foot view and see if there's something that I need to change again going back to Cameron's example with with this client is that like again weight loss was a byproduct of learning and applying these other simple behaviors and and implementing those lifestyle changes and so it it took longer but two things one he's been able to progressively keep the weight off um but also like he's not running into injuries so as a whole he's able to to manage the the load of his lifestyle a lot better right he's able to handle the stressors in his life better than he has in the past while achieving a healthier body weight and so when we take that longer term approach and and again we're making those small changes it just ends up being sustainable in pretty much every aspect of health and fitness the question is what can i sustain for the longest um and that beats out yeah everything else across the board yeah well in the end if we're not going to stick with it then kind of what's the point um like if that that's the problem with diets and why they notoriously fail is that they they're not sustainable typically it's too big of a change too quickly and and so taking maybe certain principles from different diets or or things like that but really in the end it's find out what works for you and see, you know, choose those healthy options for you and find out, you know, what your calorie balance is um, and, and things like that and find healthy patterns that you can sustain versus counting calories or macros or all these other things that, that wind up being something you can do in the short term um, but that long term isn't very sustainable and winds up leading to frustration and fatigue and failure and, and all those not fun words. Um, and so it's more about what can I sustainably do? So now we said exercise is not where weight loss happens. Here's why. Most people burn only a handful of calories during a workout. At best, uh, you know, people are burning four to 600 calories during a workout. And when you do the math on that, that's a lot of hours. So 
um, one pound of fat is between 3,500 and 4,200 calories worth of uh, worth of fat, depending on some semantics there. Um, but so you know, even splitting the difference at 600 calories a workout, you're still talking over six hours. And not all of those calories that you're burning on that 600 is fat calories, right? So you're still talking over six hours worth of working out, if not more, um, to, to burn off one pound of fat. That becomes really challenging. Who's working out six hours, even a week? That's a lot of exercise accumulated in a week for most people. And so can you do that? Yes, but I would argue um, a less sustainable at first um, and and still isn't necessarily going to lead to weight loss. I know lots of people that are getting six hours in that don't lose weight and it's because their nutrition may not be equal to that or they're working out too hard and burning mostly carbohydrate or other things like that. Um, there's lots of reasons why just exercise alone won't lead to that. Not to say though that exercise isn't a, an important part of losing weight. That's just not where it happens, if that makes sense. So what are some of the benefits then of exercise? I, I would say the biggest one is keeping your body healthy so that you can keep being active and doing the things that lead to weight loss. Um, I would say one of the other things is that it keeps you motivated. Whenever you feel better, so it's good for your mental health, it's good for your physical health, it's good for your, you know, um, arteries and blood vessels, it's good for your brain, all those things, all those side benefits keep you feeling better, and that keeps you more motivated to want to continue on a healthy path. Yeah. Um, and so I, I would say those are some of the benefits of exercise. Mark, tell us some of the others. I know because we talked about a whole laundry list. Before. Yeah. Well, and this is this is one of the cool things about exercise, is that independent of weight loss, it improves tons of of biomarkers for health. Right. So it improves um, our our insulin response. It improves how much sugar we're carrying in our blood at a given time. It improves the the functioning of our heart and lungs. Um, it improves our body's ability to get fuel to the, to the working muscles, um, it, it, exercise. So there's a, there's a view review article from 2013. Um, it's called exercise as a poly pill. And so basically it, it just, it, it, it runs through in great detail, um, multiple body systems and the, the potent effects of exercise on them. And, and kind of the, the main point is like, if we could put exercise into a pill, it would be the most effective medication that ever existed with, with <laughs> very little side effects. Right. Um, and, and so, for nearly any condition for nearly any, any, yeah. So this one, uh, so this is a separate review I read and it, it went through 23 different, uh, diseases or, or disease states and talked about how exercise improves the, um, those biomarkers in each of those, right. It, it improves not only just general health, but it also improves, um, lifespan. So lifespan and health health span, right? And so it's yeah. just incredibly powerful. One of the other cool things that exercise does is it actually improves our our um, awareness of of fullness cues, right? So our body will will be sending those, 
exercise helps us to be more aware of that, to be more sensitive and to recognize, oh, I'm actually full. And so as a trend, even though we might be exercising more, um, we'll actually be, we, people on average tend to eat uh, fewer calories when they exercise regularly because it helps with that. And so it's just, it has all these wonderful effects on all of our different body systems. And, and that's the way that our, our um, the way that our body systems communicate with each other is through um, you know, electrical, uh, chemical, and mechanical signaling. And exercise does all of those, right? Involves all of those, right? Our, our nerves, um, what's happening in our blood, what's happening with the actual tendons and muscles and bones. And so we just get signals all over our bodies saying like, hey, I need this adaptation or I need to improve here or we need a little bit of work here. And so it's, a, it's exercise is a great foreman telling our body where we need to, where, where we need to improve or a great contractor, right? And it says, hey, all the subcontractors, this is where you need to focus your work. Um, and so there's just so many wonderful benefits. And like Cameron said, it, it can help us with the motivation. It can just help us to just be, you know, exercise prepares us to be able to live life in the way that we want. Um, you know, it's the preparation to do all the things that we love so that I can go out and, and hike and run and swim and kayak and play pickleball or volleyball or, or whatever it is and to be able to do that sustainably. Um, you know, I, I talk about my, my dad on here a lot and it, he, <laughs> he's gotten to the place where even just what we call activities of daily living, right? So doing the dishes or laundry or, or just kind of simple things has become very difficult for him because he hasn't exercised in so long. And so his ability to do things is just shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. And the nice thing about exercise is it doesn't take a lot to start having an effect. And so... Um, Actually, Cameron, let me have you. I want you to go through the step example that we we talked about. So this isn't formal exercise, right? This is just um, trying to get more more steps in the day. But do you remember what we talked about, like in in building that habit? Yeah, yeah. Well, well. So essentially, like like we were saying, weight loss isn't or doesn't come from exercise, but it does come from movement, right? So just movement in general. If if you we, we talked about, you know, 600 calories from exercise, but only even if you're staying in zone two, only about 400 of those are from fat, right? Whereas at lower intensities, you actually burn a higher percentage of fat. So if we can burn 50 extra calories that are, you know, 80% fat calories, 50 extra calories per hour over the other 12, 13, 14 hours that you're awake in a day or more, right? I guess it's like 16 hours that you're awake in the day. Now, all of a sudden with 50 extra calories there, you just burned whatever that is, 800 more calories. No. Yeah. I can do math. <laughs> um, 800 calories extra, right? By just barely increasing the number of calories you burn. So just by increasing your step count every day and just trying to get more steps in, finding ways to make your life more inefficient, taking more steps, um, can make a huge difference in your overall um, weight loss or weight gain. 
like we said, 100 calories a day over the course of a year is, is around 10 pounds if that calorie balance is in the right direction. And so if we can just increase the number of steps alone, we can make a big, big difference in our life. So it's okay too. If you look at your step count, we hear, uh, you know, the 10,000 steps and, and we hear that and think, oh man, that may be really daunting. If I currently average, the average American is between 2,500 and 4,000 steps a day. Yikes, right? If 10,000 is what we need to maintain a healthy body in whatever, you know, eight to 10,000 is what we need for maintenance and for reducing health risks. Uh, like that seems pretty daunting if we're at that 2,500 to 4,000 where the average American is. But that's fine. What what people see when they when they or what they hear when they see those numbers is they they think either a I'll never get there or b like oh I got to get to 10,000 and so they make a big push to get to 10,000 steps every day, and again it's not sustainable and so they burn out. Instead, if you're at 4,000 steps a day. And you just say, you know what, I'm going to increase by 100 steps a week. It's going to take some time, but by the end of a year, you're going to be up to around that 10,000 a day. And so at least you will have benefited over that entire year in slowly ramping up, and you'll see those changes in your health. Whereas if we go for the 10,000 in month one or week one every single day, it's going to be too big of a change too quickly. We're going to burn out, and the likelihood that we stick with it is going to be really, really low. So I'd rather you shoot for a much lower goal and slowly, progressively work your way up to averaging, you know, 100 more steps a day than you averaged last week. That's going to get you there better and, quite frankly, faster, even though it's a slower progression. It's going to get you there faster because you'll be able to be more consistent with it. We say that over and over again, that the shortcut is consistency. And if you can just stay consistent with your goals um, and, and make them slow and steady, you're going to actually be able to accomplish them better than stops and starts and, and big goals that we come short of um, and, and burn out on and don't stick with and then lose ground as to where we were. And so that's, that's the key um, is that we don't, overshoot our goal to the point that we lose ground or get burnt out. So it's okay to have big goals in some areas. So if you set a goal for 500 a week, that would be a more aggressive goal for sure. As long as you can sustain that and, and it's like, well, maybe I shot for 500, but I only accomplished 250, but I stuck with it, then that's okay. But saying I'm going to go from, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> The sun just came out, and so it made me whew, sneeze. But but saying I'm going to go from you know 2,500 to 10,000 over a week or a month's time, it's probably not very likely. It's too big of a change. And so be be realistic. But it's it's just in setting a, a sustainable small goal that allows you to really progress and thrive. The another saying I like that I think fits with that is is slow is fast, right? And it's that same principle that Cameron talked yeah. about is is what's sustainable is going to keep us from that that cycle of stop and start and stop and start and stop and start. That's where we lose a lot of progress. If we can just keep it a little bit slower and, and, and extend that out, then we tend to have more long-term 
term success. Um, another principle here I think yeah. is, is really important is one that we talked about last week, and that is the effect of environment, right? Environment has a powerful effect on the decisions that we make. And so are there, are there ways that I can set up my environment to encourage behaviors like that? Like I remember, yeah, I, I know some people, and, and my parents did this at times, is we park really far away. Um, and Cameron actually usually does this. When he goes to a place, he parks further away yep. and then walks in. My kids always complain. Which, yeah, which I like. We did too as a kid. But as an adult, you realize, oh, that's actually a great way that doesn't take a lot of effort to just add a little bit more activity. It's all about how, how do I yeah. do some environmental engineering to make the healthier choice the easiest choice. Um, yeah. And, and so what are simple ways that I can do that? So what I'm going to post um, after this call in, uh, in Geneva is it's an environment audit. So it's really simple. It's going to look at each of the five patterns, and you'll ask the question, what in my environment is helping this behavior, and what environment is, is hurting or, or is limiting me in this area? And so just as a way to, to kind of foster some ideas around what are simple tweaks that I might be able to change in my environment. Um, and and it's, not always, it's not always about doing less, right? Like, I'm going to eat less... Um, you know, I just have to eat less food. Sometimes it's just, well, can I add more of the good in? And so yeah. can I add, uh, you know, an extra serving of vegetables in the day? Can I add a few steps by parking further away? So just, in, just think about some of those different things for the environment. And over time, that really adds up. So we've talked about before, and Cameron just mentioned this, is the idea of NEAT, right? The non-exercise activity that we do has just this huge and, and really profound effect over time on how many calories our, our body uses. Um, it can it can be up to between individuals up to like a 900 calorie uh, a day difference in just people who kind of move around and, and fidget more things like that. And so if we can add in some decisions right. that aren't necessarily exercise that help to up that, that can really help us. In, in changing our, our uh, body composition to be uh, healthier. Yeah. So I always say losing weight is neat, right? <laughs> That's where it actually comes from. <laughs> anyway, the non-exercise activity thermogenesis is what the T phrase. stands for, which <laughs> just means burning calories. Yeah. Non-exercise activity that burns calories. Um, we have to make it so difficult. Anyway, I've got to hop off to, to go to this meeting, um, but hopefully that was helpful in understanding a little bit more about um, where weight loss actually comes from. All right. Signing off. Signing off. See you guys later. We'll catch you right and early Monday morning. Thanks for joining. Thanks for listening to the Becoming Body Smart podcast. If you have questions, thoughts, or want to continue the conversation, reach out to us on our socials or join our community. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It helps us bring you even more valuable content. Remember, sustainable health is a lifelong journey, and we're here to support you every step of the way. Live longer, live stronger, and become body smart.